So we're thinking today about what, what the meaning is of all of the, the chaos and all of the suffering and all of the, the tumult that's going on in the world. And it seems like we've had a lot of that recently over the last few years. I mean, there always is. Um, there always are things going on in the world and you always um, you know, turn on the news and you'll see there's a war in one part of the world or another. Or, but it feels like the last couple of years particularly, um, there's been a lot of that kind of thing happening. And a lot of people have been asking questions and asking, well, what, what's the meaning of all of this? Does it have some kind of purpose? And I think this is where Revelation helps to peel back the meaning of human history. Because this is, um, as I'm sure that you will have, have gathered as we were going through, there's a lot of, it's a lot of a kind of visionary, you know, there's um, uh, all the, the locusts and things like that. It's all the, you know, what's the meaning of these visions? But actually, the message here of these chapters is helping us to understand what's happening throughout human history. That's the point of the book of Revelation. Now, do you remember um, a week or two ago, we looked at the, the seven seals and um, we didn't actually get to the seventh seal. There were six. And then here at the beginning of chapter eight, it says the seventh seal is opened and there's silence in heaven for about half an hour. And then we find that the seventh seal is actually the seven trumpets. And that's how Revelation goes. It's sort of the one thing leads into another thing. And so that's why we didn't have a seventh seal. It's, it's sort of like saying the end is not the end just yet. You know, there's more to come. And so it's just giving us a different perspective. And that is what I think this, these two chapters are, the trumpets. It's looking at things now. It's not another set of events. It's looking at the same events, but this time from a different perspective. It's looking at it actually from the perspective of from those who do not know God. That's the, the perspective from the perspective of the unbelieving world, rather than the church, which is what the, the seals, I think, were about. So this is looking at the world. Um, but we do have that lovely picture again. Um, do you remember we saw this before? An angel had a golden censer. Um, and he was given incense with the prayers of all God's people and uh, it rising up to God. And I just thought, again, what a beautiful image again. You know, the prayers of God's people being offered to him as incense. Uh, you know, what an, an encouragement it is in our prayers. If you think about our prayers going to God as incense to him as a, a fragrance offering, you know, it's a, a, a real encouragement, isn't it? Uh, so, um, so then what happens with the trumpets? They've been given seven trumpets and you know, we won't go through every single, every single one. But we had the same pattern again in Revelation. We've sort of got four that come together and then there's two and then the seventh one is you know, sort of deferred, if you like. So what happens in the first four trumpets? Uh, well, it, it talks about um, the uh, third of the earth was burned up. The trees burned up, um, there were, it's the sea, um, a third of the ships were destroyed and a third of the living creatures in the sea died. Then there's the, the water, um, a third of the waters turned bitter. And then the fourth one, it was the sun and uh, it, darkness comes over. Now what does that remind you of 
if you think about things in other things perhaps in the Old Testament I think the thing that comes to mind is the plagues isn't it the ten plagues from the book of uh, Exodus of Pharaoh in Egypt because then also the the Nile turned to blood there was darkness and um, and so on so it was very similar isn't it to what happened then and in the case of the ten plagues in Egypt it was God's judgment upon upon the land of Egypt for not letting the people go as Moses said let my people go and Pharaoh said no I will not let your people go and so there were the ten plagues so it's very similar a very similar thing going on in this passage and um, you think it's so relevant to what's happening in the world today isn't it so just to take one example you know how it says the third of the earth was burned up a third of the trees and, and the green grass you think about um, was it a year or two ago when there were all those wildfires in Australia and it was massive wasn't it all of those wildfires and across and I think California as well has had it this kind of thing happens all the time but again it's it's explaining uh, why these kind of natural disasters happen which is not a judgment for specific things but it is nonetheless God's judgment upon sin and it is throughout you have this repetition of the third what's going on there why does he keep saying a third of this a third of that it just means that it's it's limited it's not total destruction that's the point of it it's a limited thing but it's a picture of the final judgment it's to say it may be limited now but in the future it will be complete and that's uh, that should give us a clue as to what what this passage is all about but we'll come on to that in just a moment so the fifth and sixth trumpets um, these are when it, it, it turns then to, to dealing with human beings when it turns to mankind so whereas the first four have been about the earth and about you know sort of the natural world if you like trumpets five and six are about human beings so trumpet five is about um, pain and and suffering and as it says uh, during those days people will seek death but will not find it they will long to die but death will elude them so it's not actually it's not actually death but it's about suffering and that is it could be anything I mean it's very visual language isn't it but I think it could be talking about all kinds of suffering that people go through and um, and yet it does say verse 4 they were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads that's interesting isn't it that doesn't mean that people who belong to God uh, do not go through any kinds of suffering but uh, there is a it, belonging to God does transform our suffering doesn't it it means that everything works out for good for the good of those who love the Lord even even uh, even suffering and it's all under the control of um, of Satan so it says verse 11 they had as king over them the angel of the abyss whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek is Apollyon that is destroyer so it doesn't name him here in fact Satan isn't named often in uh, in the Bible but I think that, that surely the only the only one who that could be isn't it you know thinking about the the uh, uh, 
the king of the abyss, the angel of the abyss. And I think it just goes to show the, you know, the mystery of God's sovereign control over these things. Because you now we saw this all last time as well, how uh, John doesn't say, you know, God said this, God says that. It's sort of, it says there's a voice that came from the throne or there's, you know, there are all sorts of things. But it, it, it's a mystery, isn't it? How God is sovereign over everything, even over evil. And yet how God never does anything, never, God never causes evil. And one helpful picture I, I, um, I heard about this was um, like a candle and a shadow. Now, is the candle responsible for creating the shadow? And of course, it's, it's like that with God. You know, is God responsible for creating evil? You know, God is light. There's no darkness in him. Uh, so I thought that was quite a helpful, helpful way of thinking about it. So then the final trumpet is actually death. And um, this is what it says, verse 15. The four angels who have been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. So death is the, uh, is the final trumpet. It's a bit like the, um, again, you know, we think about the, seven, the um, ten plagues, but it gets progressively worse, doesn't it? You know, it starts out with fairly uh, innocuous things and then it finishes off with the death of the firstborn. That's the final of the ten plagues. So it's, it sort of gets progressively more uh, dangerous, if you like, to, to us, to, to human beings. So what's the point of all of this? And I'm sure that's what you're thinking. Thinking, well, all of this is happening, and I can see how this is happening in, in the world. You know, I can see how there's a lot of suffering, death. I can see how there are natural disasters, all of those things. But why? And that's where it, it comes up Verses 20 and 21, this is the point. This is what all of this has been leading up to. Where it says this, The rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, still did not repent of the work of their hands. They didn't stop worshipping demons and idols, um, nor did they repent of their, their um, immorality. They still did not repent. Now that is the, the meaning of all of these things that have been happening. The trumpets, what do you use a trumpet for? It's a, a wake-up call, isn't it? In the army, I believe, they have that at the, the start of the day, isn't it? You know, the, I, can't, I can't remember what it is, but you know, they have the, you know, the, the wake, wake you up at the start of the day. That's what you have, isn't it? And I tell you, if you had a trumpet next to you, you, know, you would pretty soon wake up. And that's the message of all of these things that have been happening. It's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call for, for human beings to listen and an opportunity to turn to God. And yet, as it says in Revelation, they still did not repent. And that is the, that is the sinfulness of humanity, that even despite all of these things happening, then... Uh, men still did not turn to the living God. So what should we conclude about all of these things? What can we conclude from the chapter? It's that all of the, the chaos in the world, the suffering in the world, all of these things, these are, should be warnings. They should be warnings. They are designed to be a... You know, if you, um, 
walk along the beach sometimes you'll see a, a sign saying please no swimming at this point because it's too dangerous and it's that kind of it's that kind of thing it's a warning saying this is this is dangerous territory and you need to look for safety that's why these things are happening so this is exactly what Jesus said and and in fact I think we looked at this passage just before uh, Christmas in the uh, in our Advent series but Luke chapter 13 verses 1 to 5 this is what Jesus said now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices Jesus answered do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way I tell you no but unless you repent you too will all perish or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem I tell you no but unless you repent you too will all perish that's what Jesus said that these terrible things that happen are about it's a message and the message is unless you repent you will all perish in Jesus's words it's a message saying that whatever is happening now is nothing compared to the final judgment and it should be a wake-up call it should be a wake it's a message to us as a wake-up call now why does God have to use such uh, strong methods to wake us up because unfortunately it takes that for us as human beings this is what C.S. Lewis once said pain insists upon being attended to God whispers to us in our pleasures speaks in our conscience but shouts in our pain it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world pain is God's megaphone as C.S. Lewis said and I think if we think about our own lives I think that's true in our experience isn't it now when times are going well then we tend not to think very much of God do we we tend not to pray as much we tend not to give thanks to him as much and on all of these things but as soon as pain comes in then you start to pray and and that's and that's the thing that the, the question which I wanted to finish us uh, to leave us with which is are we listening you know if this is a if these are trumpets meant to wake us up then are we listening to what's happening now are we listening to God in our own lives now when we encounter pain when we encounter suffering or, or adversity whatever it may be do we seek God and do we turn to him I often think there are there are really two ways that we can deal with suffering and we can deal with pain we can either turn to God or we can turn away from him and I can think of examples recently of people I know who've done both of those things some people turn to God some people turn away from him and I think what what we are being um, one of the messages here is that we need to turn to God in all of these times so that's the first thing do we turn to God do we seek him in times of adversity and suffering but the second thing is are we helping others to listen are we helping others to hear that message because it's 
really the, the trumpet calls, as, as we've seen, it's a message for the world. The trumpet calls of all of the, the things going on, it's a message for, for out there. I mean, yes, we need to be listening too, but that they need to hear it. And that's the question, which is, are we helping them out there, if you like, to hear that message as well? You know, thinking about perhaps um, even friends, family, um, neighbours, work colleagues, those we know who are maybe asking questions about what's happening and maybe thinking, well, why is this happening? And perhaps that's an opportunity for us to say, well, you know, we need to seek the Lord while he may be found. And this is actually what, uh, what it says, while there is opportunity to turn to God, then that is what we should do. And we should be uh, living lives of witness, witnessing to the truth. And I'll just finish with these words. This is what Jesus says, Mark chapter 8, verse 38. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And that's a, a challenge, I think, for us, isn't it? Just thinking that, you know, when we hear the trumpet calls of, of all of the things happening in the world, then we mustn't be ashamed to say this is a message which should bring us to repentance. This is a message which should bring us to God. And, uh, and we should be um, able to, to say that our own faith, speak how uh, we are living in the light of God, but also issue that challenge to others as well. And it's something that we need God's help for, something that we need to come to him and ask for his help for, because, I mean, uh, um, I will finish with this, but this is, the other day I was reading, you know, what Paul said in um, Ephesians chapter 6, pray for me that I may speak the word of God boldly as I should. I think, you know, if Paul, the great apostle, the one who was responsible for evangelising the Gentiles and started goodness knows how many churches and all of that. If he could ask people to pray for boldness, then, you know, think, goodness me, don't you and I need to pray for that? So why don't we, uh, why don't we close now and we'll pray and ask God for his help in uh, both listening to this message ourselves, but also helping other people uh, to hear that message too. And so, Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you that uh, you do um, care about us enough to give us warnings. And uh, we pray, Lord, that you would help us as individuals uh, to heed uh, that time. And when we encounter times of adversity or suffering or uh, tragedy, that we would turn to you. And we thank you, Lord, that you do uh, protect us through those times knowing that you turn all things uh, for our good, uh, for those who love you, who are called according to your purpose. Uh, but we also pray, Lord, for the world um, out there uh, who do not heed you, who are not listening. And we pray, Lord, that, uh, that they would listen, that people would think about what is happening in the world and turn to you while there is still time. And uh, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help us uh, to know how best to, uh, to, to help people uh, understand what that means. We pray that you would give us boldness. We pray that you would give us wisdom uh, and all that we need, or the right words to say when, uh, when the time is right. 
So we pray all of these things, trusting in Jesus' name. Amen.